Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. Hey, we got new statistics today. It's always worth sharing with all of you that you guys are, all the podcast listeners are continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcasts in the real estate industry for what that's worth. <laughs> um, but listen, we really appreciate the tens of thousands of you who've made us part of your lives and we're part of your life too. And um, honestly, guys, thank you. We've been doing this podcast for a long time now, years and years. We have thousands of past podcasts that you can go to listen to anytime. Um, it has become a frequent experience for Julie and I to run into um, podcast fans, podcast listeners, and coaching clients, primarily at real estate events, but we've run into some of you at airports and bookstores and things like that. And it's so cool to hear some of you saying or citing back things that you specifically learned from the podcasts. And we really appreciate that constant feedback because it tells us what you want to hear more of. So Julie and I can do a series of podcasts that we think are the most coolest, interesting thing ever. And then you guys don't, you know, or we might talk about something that Julie and I feel like we've talked about so often that we're just so bored of talking about it. And then when we talk about it again, we share the information with you again, you send in the emails and give us, you know, thanks and, you know, tell us that was the most influential thing that we'd ever discuss in the podcast. Look, bottom line, we really do listen to your feedback. It's an integral part of how Julie and I design our podcast. Our podcast is not just, you know, it's a fair amount of Julie and I just bantering and talking about, you know, whatever. But really what this podcast is designed to do is give you guys actionable information, practical, tactical information to put you in a position to help people and make money now. We're not going to talk about a lot of theoreticals. We avoid topics that are going to be, you know, resulting in you thinking about your big why and, you know, all this silly stuff that basically has become very trendy in business, not just in real estate, but just overall business. All this touchy-feely Mickey Mouse that essentially makes it so people spend endless hours and billions and billions of dollars on just, you know, worth just mostly mental masturbation type stuff. We're not going to talk about stuff like that on our show. Our focus, again, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> is staying in uh, connection with all of you because, look, at our core, Julie and I are small business owners just like all of you guys are. When, when we're doing this podcast and we're thinking about what we should present to you, not only are we listen to your feedback, but we're also channeling our inner Tim and Julie. You know, when we got in this real estate industry over 20 years ago, in our first year in the business, we sold over 100 houses. We're always sort of running through in our minds what information would that you know, version of us have really benefited from having learned back then? And, and so as long as we stay true to all of you and your feedback and listening to what you want us to uh, drill down more on, and as long as Julie and I are always running by those topics through our internal filters and then delivering it in an actionable, easily understood, but most important, it has to be information that's going to design you, put you in a position to know that you can use the information, know that you can go out and help somebody, because that is what being a great salesperson is at the end of the day. You're a problem solver, a people helper, and then ultimately make money. And we are unabashed 
uh, and unafraid of making it absolutely clear that this business is about making money primarily. That's the reason you're in business. You will not make money unless you're helping people. You will not make money until you have a high skill set. You will not make money unless you're putting your clients' interests uh, as your primary aim, solving their problem. But your goal of starting a business is to make money. A lot of you are confused about that. I read some of the things you guys say. I'm not in it for the money. Well, get the hell out of the business then because the fact is, is you should, if you are absolutely not in it for the money, then you need to go do something that's going to be nonprofit where you're going to be able to put your altruistic mindset to higher use than selling real estate, right? I mean, that's the truth. But there's a direct correlation between what you know, your willingness to uh, use those skills, the what you know part, to help other people solve their goals, or solve their problems and accomplish their goals, i.e. your customers, and your, the amount of money you have. And again, this is not something that should be confusing. This is not something that should have any sort of, you know, uh, co- I, I should not have to convince you that making a lot of money and making a lot of profit and becoming rich where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money, you should not be confused about that. And if you are, that's probably one of the biggest things that's holding you back from learning the skills necessary to help people, to putting yourself in a position where you can help, you know, do the things necessary, do the things you don't want to do when you don't want to do them at the highest level. As soon as you're in connection and you give yourself permission to say, yes, I want to make a lot of money. Yes, I want to make a lot of profit. Yes, I want to be rich where my money works for me and I no longer have to work for my money. Yes, I want the best of everything that this life has to offer. But in exchange for that, I realize and I accept that I have to help thousands of people at the highest level accomplish their goals. I'll say it again, and we say this frequently because when Julie and I figured this out in our own lives, and this was back when we were in our 20s, it was like a a thousand-pound weight lifted off our backs. The reason that somebody has more, is enjoying more, uh, has you just all the things that you want in your own life, the reason that they have those things and that you don't is because they are offering something to people that those people are willing to pay for. The reason that, say, for example, a very successful you know, actor, let's say, gets paid the money that they get paid is because they have learned how to make you know, tens of thousands, if not millions of people feel a certain way. People pay $30, $40 million to go watch a Tom Cruise movie because Tom Cruise is a, in my opinion, kick-ass actor, great performer, and when you go watch a Tom Cruise movie, you are locked in, and he's, you are trans, you, you're being almost like transported. You're sort of, you know what I'm saying? There's a, there's a thing that happens when you're really connected to a performance of somebody who's really good. I think you guys can all sort of just at least intellectually relate to that. Well, the same goes true with a great dentist. You know, maybe not a performance, but the service he's providing or she's providing. A great doctor, a great anything. They are going to rise to the top because they ultimately have accepted the fact that their goal in life, their mission in life, their God-given purpose in life is to be of service to other people. And if that is something that you're in connection with, then you're going to fight to learn every single thing you possibly can so you can be of service to many other people. And and on the other side of that is everything you've ever possibly wanted in life and more. That is really the most simplistic but also the most honest way 
for those of you who are struggling or looking for shortcuts or thinking I need to buy leads and I don't want to you know, ever put myself in a position where I feel like a salesperson or I don't want to learn scripts and da-da-da-da-da, all the head junk that's keeping you from really experiencing high levels of success probably is rooted in what I just shared with you, at least partially. And Julie's prepared a fantastic topic for us. Um, and Julie, before you get to the topic, I want to remind everyone who's listening that if they'd like a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches, I believe we have 11 spots available today and eight spots available tomorrow. All they have to do is text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. And just by doing that, they're going to be given six books automatically electronic versions. They schedule their free coaching call with a new member coach. The new member coach is going to walk them through uh, how to create their 12-month lead generation plan, and they're going to answer any questions about the coaching program. And just by doing that, you're going to give an, uh, be given six free books to download. The one I want you to do and get immediately is the Real Estate Treasure Map. That is your business and life plan. It's literally a fill-in-the-blank, again, in t uh, you know, typical Tim and Julie style, very tactical and practical, not a lot of mysticism or pseudoscience in it. It's just very black and white, easy to understand, you know, approaches to your business and personal life. Get that. It's free. Download it immediately. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Julie Harris. Yes, and this uh, podcast today is a direct result of an email from Mr. Lee Hinton, one of our newer elite clients. We had done a shout out to add a few elite clients. Those are our one-on-one -on -one clients that you and I coach every single week uh, on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So this is a great uh, client who lives on the Space Coast. For those of you who don't know where that is, that is the East Coast of Florida where Cape Canaveral is and Cocoa Beach and really beautiful areas like that. So if you've got any referrals headed that way, he's the guy for you. But Lee wrote the following. Hi, Julie. So I got the email request for show ideas. Been thinking about it all morning, thinking about what's going on with my deals that might benefit a bunch of people. Then it came to me, the psychology of buyers and sellers, the stages they go through, how to respond to their irrationality and overthinking, how best to guide them when they need it, but you can't let them realize it, when they're so stubborn that they're getting in their own way of the deal happening and how to deal with that. And I agreed with Lee. I think that this is a really fantastic topic. Not that any of you can relate to this. <laughs> we hear about it all the time. Julie, can you put the uh, mic between, a little bit closer? A little bit closer? The mic yeah, a little bit closer. I don't know if this will help or not, yeah. but that's what I was going to That helps tremendously. Um, yes. Very good. So we do hear about this, and we like to respond to your requests. I hear about various versions of these challenges in Premier Coaching, and in fact, from time to time, we will help you guys save deals and keep clients on the tracks. So I, this got me thinking, who's in control you or your clients. Now, some of you guys, this issue happens to you. Some of you are dealing with it when it happens to another agent on the other side of your deals. So I was thinking, you know, what happens to people when they put their house for sale? Well, one of the things we know happens is all of a sudden the price goes up, right? So whatever the comps say, at least in their mind, it's going to be more expensive than that. So that's sort of where some of the problems begin with sellers. But then what happens when they go pending? Everyone except maybe our seriously new, new licensees can relate to this, right? So sometimes you'll have somebody that's super nice when you're talking to them to begin with, and then when they go pending, it's like they become another person and they freak out and they get all filled with stress and unpredictable and weird things happen. Sometimes they really seem to lose their marbles. So how can you maintain control, get your clients what they want, 
and then still keep the sanity in the transaction. I think that's mostly the spirit of Lee's email. Um, he mentioned overthinking and overanalysis and things like that. So I put together a quick list of things to help you guys with this. And Tim, I'm sure you'll want to add to some of this or hover in certain places, so feel free to interrupt me as necessary. Plus, I'm probably going to have to cough because you and I are both uh, suffering from lovely Austin allergies. <laughs> yeah, it turns, dry, out, so. turns out Austin, Texas is the second worst <laughs> place to live in the nation if you have allergies. Another of which maybe. we were suffering prior to moving here, at least in the level that we are now, and now that we're living in Austin, we are experiencing all sorts of interesting adult allergy <laughs> symptoms. Those of you who are yes. living in this area, you can totally and completely understand. Called cedar <laughs> fever, lovely to have. Yeah. Anyway, moving forward. <laughs> yes, you got it. Where the allergist actually says, Nothing you can get over the counter will even matter. Allergies here laugh at your attempts. Anyway, there you yes. go. So uh, dealing with clients, keeping the train on the tracks, and trying to keep some sanity in your transactions. And I can remember times, Tim, when sometimes the worst ones are where there's actually nothing wrong with the transaction, but because the act of moving in itself is so stressful, sometimes the perfect deal can start to get unglued because there's this aura of it almost needing to be stressed or somebody causing the stress. Sometimes that's a home inspector. It could be the other agent. Sometimes there's actually nothing wrong at all. It's just taking a little bit too long to close. So whatever the reason is, how do we manage it? Point number one, communication is key. You cannot, quote, over-communicate. Now, some of you guys, I hear about this at least once a week on Premier Coaching. Here's the thing. Calling clients more than once a week does not constitute stalking them. You guys freak out thinking that you're overdoing it, particularly when they are negotiating and pending and prior to closing. You cannot over-communicate. And we'll talk about this more with a future point that's related to this, but lack of communication is not your friend. That is with regards to everyone in the transaction, you, your client, the mortgage person, the home inspector, title, the other agent, you know, the other client sometimes. Try to over-communicate. I have a standing challenge over literally hundreds of thousands of coaching calls. I challenge all of you, podcast listeners, coaching clients, elite coaching clients, premier, I challenge you all. I, as your head coach or future coach, I want to get a complaint from one of your clients or prospects saying, make them stop calling me. They're over-educating me. They're over-communicating. Make them stop. I have yet to get that call. So, Good luck. Too much customer right. service. They're, <laughs> they're over-communicating. Exactly. Never happens. Stop. <laughs> okay. Uh, number two, sellers, with regards to sellers. So here's what many of our clients are doing. They are instigating, or at least highly recommending, to get pre-inspections done, pre-appraisals, and certainly pre-programming of your sellers for what comes next that will alleviate enormous amounts of stress for you and for them particularly on the pre-inspection end of the spectrum here. Now, you don't have to or they don't have to have a full-blown, you know, four or $500 home inspection done, but they should at least have the major appliances, HVAC, roofing if they're worried about it, if it's an older roof or it's maybe been through hurricanes or something like that, like in Lee's market. So pre-inspections of major items. Now, why would a seller want to spend maybe a couple hundred bucks on that? Well, it keeps them in the driver's seat. If there's something up with the HVAC system, they can maybe use their warranty, and we'll talk about how to use a home warranty next, but they, can, they are in control of the repair, and they're not under a time crunch. 
They're not under a threat of a buyer walking over an inspection item, and they're not subject to a random home inspector freaking the buyer out over something that may or may not be a real issue. Sellers, this is a major point, buyers too, but especially sellers, they come unglued when they feel like they're out of control, when they are not in the driver's seat anymore. That's when a buyer says, you fix this or you give me this money or I'm walking, especially if there's no backup offer and you guys are seeing fewer and fewer backup offers and multiple offer situations. So most of the time when you have, and I always have this picture of, you know, that uh, you see it on uh, Facebook and YouTube and stuff of the, the kitten that's like pounding away at the keyboard angrily, you know, like that's, that's some of your sellers who are rapidly texting or emailing you at three o'clock in the morning with some, you know, seemingly crazy wigged out idea that you are torturing them or you're, you're not doing right by them. It's, they do that not because they're bad people or because they hate you, but because they feel out of control and you are the one who's in the middle of the transaction. So when you get it pre-inspected and they can deal with whatever items in anticipation of a contract, everyone's lives will be better. And in fact, I've even seen many cases where it's not even uh, in contract yet. And on the kitchen counter, we've got a home brochure and next to it, we have copies of a basic pre-home inspection and what the seller did and a copy of the HVAC certification or the roofing certification so that maybe the buyer isn't even going to worry about a home inspection. You can't really recommend that, but you can, you can show that, hey, the seller's on top of this house. You don't really have much to worry about. We've already taken care of all this stuff. Here's a copy of the receipt. That's much better. Okay, pre-appraisals. Some of you, especially in markets that still are getting uh, bid up over the comps or over your, over your last best comp over the list price, a pre-appraisal is a good idea so that you know how high you can go and you can defend yourself before it comes up. And then uh, the mindset of this, pre-programming the seller for what comes next. It, it's kind of like turbulence on a plane, right? Back when we flew when we were kids, you know, they didn't have all the electronics. You would just be surprised by turbulence. I remember that, and, and I didn't like that, okay? Now, pilots talk to each other. They say, you know what, we're going through some airspace. It's probably a good idea to buckle up, but it'll be for maybe 20 minutes and everything's going to be fine. Okay, so that's exactly like your clients going through a transaction. Let them know ahead of time what's going on. We're going to have an inspection. They're going to actually pull out your furnace filter and make sure it's not covered in cat hair, stuff like that. Okay, anything you want to add to that, Tim? That's my mini rant of the day. Well, are you getting to um, adding home American Home Shield warranty? Or, yeah, go ahead. Yes. Sorry. For example, okay, so point number three, uh, and I'm sure probably other warranty companies, but we dealt with hundreds of American Home Shield warranties, so we're kind of a good believer in them. Uh, put a home warranty on your listings when the listing goes live. You can do that. Get coverage so that that's in place before the home inspection happens, and they will cover a huge amount of items. It, it really is like an insurance policy against a buyer beating you down on inspections. So if you're not doing that yet, call your warranty company, find out how they operate. If you're using a company that doesn't do that, you might want to switch to AHS. Um, if you are using AHS but you're not putting it on at the time you take the listing, you want to talk to them and understand how that works, understand what the benefits are, what the cost is, and then I believe that gets prorated at closing. So just understand how that uh, money works so you can tell your title company. Okay, number four, for both buyers and sellers, 
write down your own, and no, we don't do this for you because markets are different and your, your uh, common practices are a bit different from place to place. So you want to create your own, quote, what to expect from the home inspection guide. Okay, so those of you who have kids, you know those books that are what to expect when you're expecting, what to expect the first year, the second year. You know, with Zoe, the first year, it was almost textbook. You know, she's going to be trying to walk when she's about 10 or 11 months old. And sure enough, that 10-month birthday came, and she was all over the place. You know, and that was really nice to see what was coming. What's next? When do you have to baby-proof the house? So when you write what to expect from the home inspection for sellers and for buyers, what you're really doing is you're coaching them that this is not a time for cosmetic upgrades to be asked for or renegotiating the price or removing wallpaper. You saw all of that when you decided to write an offer. It's time to remedy safety and security items, which any reasonable person would ask for. And if you're doing an FHA or VA loan, the appraisal might ask for it as well. So things like doors that won't lock, electric outlets that don't actually work, things like this that are completely logical. And then you have a section in there saying one of several things is likely to happen depending on the situation, depending on how your front end negotiation went. The seller may say, yep, we knew about all that. We're on top of it. And in fact, we're already repairing most of those items. Here's our service providers and here's a copy of the receipts. Okay. And we all Julie, know that doesn't so happen just, that often. Okay. Two, <laughs> little, two little minor details. Yeah, yeah. One, when you guys sell a home warranty, um, in almost every state, you get paid a commission. And I'm not sure what the going rate is for all the different companies. It's usually around $75, 100 If you do add-ons for pools and hot tubs and whatnot, you get paid more. But I'm going to say that again. When you initiate the home warranty, so when you take a listing um, and, you have the, and you put a home warranty on the house, when you take the listing, that seller is covered by the home warranty while the house is listed, and then that warranty transfers over to the new buyer. That is a value add, makes the house more sellable, but it also covers the seller in the event that something breaks while the house is for sale. And hypothetically, the seller can also use the home warranty to fix anything that's found during the inspection. Are you understanding what I'm saying here, listeners? Do you see how this might be a nice Pretty tool awesome. to have in your toolbox when you're going out to list properties? Number two, you get paid on those home warranties. And if you are in a brokerage where the broker is collecting that money and not giving that money without a commission reduction, in other words, if the commission from the home warranty company and you're in a state where you can collect it, it's 100 bucks. If you, as the agent who sold that home warranty, is not, are not getting paid 100 bucks, I'm, I will t say this with rec just absolutely no hesitation. Your broker should not be keeping that money. And if your broker is keeping that money in a state where you're legally allowed to be paid, not an expert on any of this, by the way, with regards to state laws, you need to seriously think about switching brokerages because that is not a commission. Not just like BPO money that you get paid is not a commission. A broker should not be taking part of your BPO commission or your home warranty fee. Okay, So there it is. Second of all, Julie said what to expect from a home inspection. We actually have that already created. It's for our premier coaching members, um, and it's part of the – what is it, Julie? Complete Home Selling Guide? I believe it yes. is in there. Yes, but yes, remember to modify part, for your own market, right? So if right, you have like hurricane through. inspections and fires and That's stuff right. like that to worry about, you're going to want to change it for yourself. 
Exactly, but that is that is in um, the complete home selling guide, which is on the Premier website. Which coaching members, it's literally a book that we uh, have created for you that you can then give to your sellers after you list the property. That's kind of your their instruction manual on how to do business and what to expect. It's exactly what Julie described. We've already created it for you. So two little minor omissions on your part, my dear. So just giving these guys complete information. Next point, please. Right. Okay. Well, so yeah. I just while you were talking, I looked up this American Home Shield seller coverage option. Okay, so it protects the home while it's on the market. This is right from them. They say this option covers everything in the Shield Essential Plan and can help protect the seller's budget during the listing period and help reduce issues after the home inspection. Qualified home sellers add the seller coverage option to any warranty package for up to six months while their home is on the market and no money is due until the home closes. So those of you who are saying, well, I can't ask them to prepay for that, they don't have to pay for it until it closes. The seller's coverage is limited up to $2,000 on covered repairs and replacements during the listing period. So there you have it. Okay, get more information for yourself. But let's say it's it's a you know $300 furnace repair, it's covered. Okay, think about how much better your seller is going to feel about that. Okay, so let's see. Uh, again, you're going to coach them on what is expected. So the seller's either going to say, "Yep, I got it. I got you covered. That's reasonable." They're going to say, "No." You're already getting the house for 10000 less than what I thought I was going to get. Fix it yourself. Again, we're letting the buyers know what are their options, and the sellers know what their options are to say. They might say, you know what, we're relocating, and we don't have time to screw around with this stuff. How about 1500 bucks, and you guys take care of it for yourself? Or let's get some, um, you know, some bids, and we'll average the two, and, and we'll split the difference. Okay, they might say, um, no, we're not going to do anything at all, but these are the options, okay? And you need to coach your buyers that the point of the home inspection is also to simply educate them on what's going on with the house and give them a checklist of things they may want to do in the future. Not, this is our grocery list so we can beat the crap out of the seller. Some of this is agent created. Some of you guys make it worse than it should be. Okay, number five, and then I've got to get to Premier soon. Uh, know how to negotiate those inspection remedies. If it's down to petty amounts of money, Split it four ways, you, the other agent, the buyer, and the seller. That way everybody's got some skin in the game. You're not having to pony up a big chunk of your commission, and the deal's not dying. We do, we do recommend that on some of the uh, premier coaching questions when it's like, you know, we're fighting over 500 bucks or $1,000 on a deal where you stand to maybe make 10000 and you get the goals of the seller accomplished, and the buyer gets the house they want, and you guys are going to let it die over 1000 bucks. Usually it comes down to an ego issue, and particularly when it's been a tough negotiation. I understand that, but don't let your deals die. Don't let your clients get disappointed out of something silly that everyone will regret in the future. So be creative. Point number six, always be, the one, always be one or two steps ahead of your clients. This is critical. I, you know, back when we were cranking out a lot of deals, there was no transaction coordination. We did all of this. This is how we learned this stuff. Always be one or two steps ahead of your clients. Lead with information. Remember this, no news is always bad news to clients and prospects. When they don't hear from you, they make up stories about what must be happening. And I, you know, it's never a good thing that they're making up in their minds, is it? They never think, oh, everything's just going swimmingly. Nope, they're freaking out. Sometimes secretly, sometimes in your text. So be one step ahead of them. Point number seven, our final uh, point here, be the leader in the transaction. Don't wait for things to happen for you to clean those things up. 
get the contingencies removed on time or early, push the transaction along instead of reacting to everyone else. Be the rock. I didn't even mention stuff having to do with financing. You know, find out where they're at in underwriting. Make sure the lender's actually doing their job. That's the topic of a different podcast that we did, which was called the ultimate addendum, um, to get the lenders to move faster so that you don't find out three days before closing that the buyer just went and, and financed a new boat, which wrecked their credit and their ratios, and you won't be closing anytime soon. So we have dedicated stuff about financing, and again, that comes up a lot in Premier Coaching. Um, so I will leave the call to you, and I also am reminding them that in the quest to keep you out of my hair, <laughs> you are taking on several new clients, and I think you might only have one spot left. So if anybody's interested, and I have a couple spots as well for our elite coaching program, you might mention that. And then, of course, the free coaching calls, you said that there were 11 spots open. So I'm going to go take good care of my Premier Coaching clients, and uh, uh, we will be posted. I think this is already posted for more information, but go check it out. Back to you. Yep. Good job, Julie. So um, what she was just signing me up for is uh, taking on another private client, and I think she's right that I have one spot left. So if you're interested, if you are serious, I have to say I've been talking with a lot of agents who um, I had like three calls yesterday. They were you know, agents interested, thinking they're interested in having me coach them. After a you know usually 10 or 15 minute conversation, we both agreed that Julie and I are not we're not the right coach for them. But one of our other coaches, or even our premier coaching program, which is a semi-private group coaching call situation, that was a, be a better fit for financial reasons, but also where they were in their careers. So we're picky, is what I'm saying. If you want to be on our private schedules, make sure that you uh, are not easily offended if we don't think you're ready for Julie or myself. That's you know we're we're at the point in our careers where we're going to be selective on who we uh, personally coach, but that I don't want to discourage you for uh, asking or you know requesting a private call with either Julie or myself. The easiest way to do it is just email me directly, Tim at timandjulieharris.com, and uh, yeah, we'll start the conversation and see if you might be a good fit for us and if we might be a good fit for you. In the meantime, if you're interested in learning about any of the things we talked about today on today's podcast, and if you want a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches, please text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris to 31996. In the meantime, everyone, the new book, uh, Harris Rules Revised, is coming out uh, in about a month. We're already getting uh, in pre-sales. We're already breaking all sorts of records that we weren't anticipating. I guess that's the benefit of working with a big-name publisher. But moral of the story is make sure you – and we would appreciate it if you could pre-order the book. We're hoping to break all the rec – we're hoping maybe, though I don't think this will happen, that we can get in the New York Times bestseller list, things like that. So if you could uh, consider ordering the book – on Amazon and pre-order, that would be great. Just order the paperback version. It's not very expensive. And uh, the book is something of our professional lives that we are the most proud of. The book that we – the red book was fantastic. The red book, though, is about half of what the information is in the green book. The green book's purpose, what we designed that book, the new book to do, to be is a literally a beginning-to-end guide to everyone, no, no matter where they are in their real estate career, uh, to build very profitable real estate businesses. You're not going to read a lot about, you know, droning on about complicated lead follow-up programs or CRMs or building teams. What we do is we keep all of our, just like this podcast, we keep everything tactical and practical. 
that does not require we, and we want you to do something and get the results from it we are not it, we will never tell you to forgo profit for some hypothetical future gain that is not the way business when you're a small business owner should work because you'll run out of money if you operate and think like that so Julie and I's approach is going to be something that will resonate with all of you. I strongly encourage you to pre-order it. Um, I, the book is less than 20 bucks, so there you go. Anyway, it's over on Amazon. It's called Harris Rules. In the meantime, if you need us for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. Or remember, you can always listen to a re, a replays of our past podcasts over on iTunes. If you're on Android, you can listen to it on Stitcher. And, of course, you can listen to it on our, our main website, TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.